Are you ready? You are now listening to the Solano Fit Podcast. Featuring health and fitness to change your life and inspiration to live your best. Here's your host, Hans O. Johnson. Welcome back. I've shared this clip of a coaching session with permission because it's raw. And because its honesty represents something so telling, so honest about America's racial divide. How have you been? Um, you know, any tension I feel is coming from within. And mm-hmm. I know, you know, I, I know not to believe everything I think. <laughs> so that's convenient. Um, yeah, I, well, I'm making progress and everything that I'm doing feels and, you know, I feel like I'm in flow with the universal timeline, with yeah. God's timeline. Um, so I have I have a, a topic I would like to just kind of – you have a unique perspective um, on this, and I feel as though, like, there – it's funny, it's I like I know there's not any specific action. I don't know that, but I don't I don't feel that there's any specific action that I'm meant to take, but I feel like to have a clearer perspective or not to like I I don't know. So the whole um George Floyd um and just that the that problem in the world and how you know, there's a part of me that recognizes that change, you know, it's, it's within our, our, like, our family's lifetime that oppression was so overt that, you know, people weren't able to even, you know, be near one another. Things change when people come together and speak out. So there's, you know, there's this feeling like some, like it's time for another big wave and another big push of this isn't okay. Um, and just the, the lack of safety that ends up being felt for, you know, I don't know, just, it, it really touches my heart when I think about like little boys, you know, growing up and just being a mom. Like if I had a little black boy, how scared I would be, you know, and, and just, you know, what's the right, what do you, what do you do? I'm a privileged white girl. You know, what do I say and do? And you have a perspective on both, like what what's a respectable thing like someone like me to say and do, say and do, say and do, say and do. The death and murder of George Floyd has galvanized the world over like few things have. For the first time in a long time, the videotaped killing of an unarmed black man left no wiggle room for police defense. The cop couldn't say that there was an imminent threat or that he feared for his life. He couldn't say that Floyd tried to reach for his waistband or the cop's weapon. He couldn't say that he mistook Floyd's cell phone, flashlight, or toy as a gun. Floyd was handcuffed, face down, in the pavement. The scene appeared largely de-escalated, and that's evidenced by the cover officer standing there pretty calmly as the officer knelt into Floyd's neck for nearly nine minutes. 
So now, in the 21st century, the world saw what black people have known since the 17th century. That America has never truly been the land of the free. Not all men have been afforded the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the world saw it. And the world erupted. Because in his final moments, and perhaps for the first time, George Floyd was seen for what he was. A human being. Mothers who heard him cry for his own mother thought George was their son, and countless others saw him as themselves. Since the very beginning of America, African Americans have been othered. Othering is the undesirable objectification of a group, so in the American context it's based on race, and it serves to cast the ulterior group, in this case whites, as positive and better. You see, if I other you, then we're more different than we are alike, and your issues aren't my issues, nor my concern. I can marginalize you and your world with little to no consequence to my own. You see, as long as African American people are othered, their voices, their needs, their history, and their deaths can always be sidelined or minimized or rationalized away. It can be categorized as their problem. But this was different. For a brief moment, George Floyd's death cut through all the usual othering, and it touched the heart and the humanity of everyone watching. And now people the world over are standing up and marching. The courageous are still rising up, but the conflicted, they fell silent. I have comrades in arms that are silent. Some of my family members and extended family are silent. Silence, in my opinion, silence is the clearest proof of othering. This is the person that acknowledges that George's death was wrong, but not enough to do anything about it. And that's because, of course, they say, it doesn't affect me, or it's not my problem. Can you hear that? Can you hear the othering in that? Because deep inside it, deep inside it are the seeds of racism. Martin Luther King wrote about the silent people in his day. He called them moderate whites in a letter he wrote from the Birmingham jail. But this moniker, this, this idea of being silent, this can apply to anyone unwilling to stand up for humanity. Because the silent unwittingly support the status quo. And to be clear, the status quo has always been about two things, white wealth and white supremacy by default. And that is not an exaggeration or an opinion. History bears it out. Redlining bears that out. The devastation of Black Wall Street in 1921 bears it out. The Rosewood Massacre in 1923 bears it out. The GI Bill after World War II and the Jim Crow laws bear it out. COVID-19 and how COVID-19 disproportionately affects African Americans and poor people bears it out. The black deaths in the last three weeks alone bear it out. What should the silent people do? I mean, well, first off, I know that a lot of people are afraid to talk about race without getting either triggered to shame or anger or both. And white guilt and white privilege are just two sides of the same coin. Both are bad and both are in ample supply. And I can only imagine that some of these silent people have been touched or are mourning for George Floyd. But they're stuck, fearing the loss of their current affiliations or their standing in their personal or business community. After all, the silent people who have othered African Americans don't have a circle for black people in their Venn diagram, because black issues have never been relevant to their American worldview. It's like the people that are quiet are having like a 
like a bit of an identity conflict. Can I stand for black lives and still support the principles of proper policing? Can I protest the violent killing of a human being alongside the most leftist liberal in the world and still be conservative? Well, can you walk and chew gum at the same time? The real question is, can you put down your various club cards and pick up your human race card? Of course you can. Be a better human. If you can and will, you would have begun to untangle the historical vice of, of the American historical vice of othering. You will have begun to think with your humanity first, not your race and not your affiliations. So as sincere and as heartfelt as it is, don't ask what you can do as a white woman. Ask what you can do as a human. What does your human heart want to do? What does your human heart say to do? What does the compassion in your soul cry out to do? Walk? March? Buy a shirt? Donate money? Volunteer? Do that. Get out of your skin. Think and act with your heart. Truthfully, no one needs me or any African-American person to tell them how to help. Help the way you can with your art and with your creativity, with your music, with your leadership, with your talents, with your email list, with your family, with your friends, with your vote. I mean, for those recently enraged, those who are either protesting or taking the stand already, I understand that talking about race can be challenging, and it may become even more challenging as time passes on. I mean, when I think about it, I think that some of the people out there, this might be their first time protesting. This might be the first time joining a Black Lives Movement. Some people probably never thought they'd ever join a Black Lives Movement. Some people may not even have heard of the Black Lives Movement before. So I implore you, those who are silent, those who are thinking about getting involved, those who are still on the sideline, learn about the historical Black struggle for equality in America. Read. Share it with your family. You know, most do not know the raw history. And that's been designed. America's history has been written to flatter itself. Like the American maps we've all used in school, the American view of the world and our history in it is completely distorted. American history without black history is not history. It's incomplete. I mean, when you look at the maps we used in school, 99.9% of us used a distorted map that shrunk certain countries and enlarged others. If you Google it and look, you'll find it. You'll see, you'll see what I mean. Google the Peter's map. And so for those that are helping and learning, consider talking about race relations like it's learning a new language. Like consider what you would do if you were learning French. What would you do? You might get a book. You might join a class, find a webinar, Talk to someone who is fluent in it, maybe. Google it. Start small. Learning has always been about daring to expose our ignorance to new knowledge. It can be scary. It can be uncomfortable. And of course, it'll take practice, especially for those who have never seen America from the African-American perspective. The good news is that you're human, and the black community is made up of humans, too. So you're in good company. We're at a turning point in history. The Black Lives Matter movement is international. And I think it's because that even though the focus is on the African-American plight, the blatant disparity offends our collective humanity, and humans across the world feel like they can relate. 
so if your humanity has been touched, if you've been reached, if your humanity has been reached, if it got underneath the othering, even a tiny tingle, get involved in some way and help out the only way that you can. My brother works in Minneapolis and he's a surgeon and he and his wife just walked out there into the grass and helped to protest and that was what they could do in that moment, in that time. He's been swamped, of course, dealing with COVID and dealing with all of the the stuff he has to deal with medically. But um, you start where you can. I belong to associations of coaches and therapists who were so willing to create content and webinars for those suffering from the emotional distress of the pandemic. So to them, I say, guys, there's a lot of distress right now in my community. We all just watched a man get murdered on national television. So African-Americans are hurting. People are hurting. Humans are hurting. People of all colors are hurting because... Because it's wrong. It's just wrong. We don't want to live in a world like that. So I invite you, coaches and therapists who are hearing this and reading this, I invite you to be the first to try to create safe places for direct communication, for active listening, for powerful questions, for collaboration, and not just for people that look like you, Let's create open spaces so that we can ask questions and learn. No more othering. No more silence. No more excusing yourself from the struggle just because of your whiteness or for any other reason. No more being afraid to talk about racism just because you're uncomfortable or you don't know how. Learn how. Find out. No one comes out of the womb knowing how to have difficult conversations. You have to learn it. So let's work together. At the time of this recording, Confederate statues are coming down. Police are talking about defunding police. And I have to admit, I don't completely know what that means. I know that we need police as an institution. I know that it's very clearly one of the thin veneers between civility and anarchy. At least that's what I've grown up to believe. But I also know that we can't keep policing this way. I also know that since 1937... There's been what's called the LIOCA, which is the Law Enforcement Officers Killed or Assaulted um, Commission or, or file. And so what that means is essentially when you walk into a police department or when you walk into a police academy, you'll see stacks, you'll see a file. And every day they update it with officers killed or assaulted. And typically it's killed because there's just so many across the nation. It's often a dangerous and thankless job. And I say that having served for about 10 years. But I know that we can't keep policing this way. I know about some of the history of police. I also know that the FBI just started counting the number of citizens killed at the hands of law enforcement last year. January 1st, 2019. To make matters slightly worse? Nope, to make matters definitely worse. 60% of the agencies don't even report in. So it's still voluntary. So obviously, we have an accountability problem. And if you count or look at the way that the police has been used historically against African-American people, it's just atrocious. Things have gotten better and things have changed, but things have also gotten covert. And I can say that we can't keep policing this way. It's embarrassing.
And more importantly, we can do better. We can do better. Cops can do better. It's a nearly impossible job with all the things that we're asked to do. So we have to keep trying to improve the system. And believe me, I don't have any, I don't have much confidence that the government's going to be able to get it right the first time. I'll tell you that right now. But I know that we have to continue to try, change, fix, adapt the department so that it meets the needs of the people and that it actually protects the people that we pledge to protect. Citizens are the police. Who watches the watchers? And I know some people will make it political and some people won't care. Many of the people I've spoken about will stick their fingers in their ears and fortify their bubbles so that they cannot be disturbed with this. Sometimes when you lock others out, you lock yourself in. So there's that. For the rest of us, for the rest of the world, the work still has to be done. No more othering. No more marginalizing people's lives. No more marginalizing their history. Learn about American history. Learn about learn what they didn't teach you in school. Learn about the history of protests and riots in American history. Learn about the massacres. Learn about the police. Learn about the judicial system. Learn about the criminal justice system. Learn about the Philip Zimbardo Stanford prison experiment. Learn about James Baldwin. Learn about Emmett Till. No more othering. All lives can't matter until black lives do. I've included a list of videos and resources in the show notes. Explore the resources if you're open to learning something new. And feel free to email me if you have a question or you have a comment or something to add. I want to be as much of a help as I can and not just for the people that look like me. I feel better. You know, it doesn't make it. It's like it just in, like I feel like okay, because now I have an action that I can take. I can, I can find. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Me.